here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Louis Rice Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the dance, All right, greetings and good. Good morning, welcome aboard, and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, this show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com is where you can go to build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee, the Barndominiumco.com, one of the United States' award-winning and best builders jb jc and phil jc will be in in literally about two seconds and we'll take you until one o'clock this afternoon as we continue to get you prepped and ready to go for this weekend's super regional matchups and the one that we most care about south carolina and florida down in gainesville yesterday mark kingston was able to pop in with us they will be departing in just uh, about two and a half hours so if you're in columbia after we get off the air of course at one Head on over to Founders Park and meet them in the players' lot. It's the lot back behind the right field line on Tanner Way. And uh, wish them good luck as they head down to Florida and try to get a couple of big W's and get back to somewhere that they know quite well, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, outside of that, there are seven other Super Regionals being played this weekend. And uh, and we'll certainly have time over the next couple of days, including today, to discuss those. We have decided to kind of open today's programming back up to all of you. Uh, we were full yesterday with Coach Kingston, Mike Morgan, and Hale McGranahan. Uh, we will be full the rest of the week as well, especially on Friday. Derek Scott will join us from Gainesville, the voice of Carolina baseball, and we'll also be joined by Stuart Lake back in Columbia. And it will be heavy, heavy, heavy Gators and Gamecocks Super Regional. So if you've got questions and things like that pertaining to uh, not just the Super Regional, but anything else South Carolina-related or beyond. We'll definitely get into some golf today because we were all taken for a major ride yesterday in the golf world with the news of the merger uh, between Liv and the PGA and pretty much everybody else. Uh, with that said, though, get these guys into and to Savage CG Boys TTV. If you don't like the intro, don't watch it. <laughs> or get your own show and create your own intro. Yeah, we got about that, yeah. Tune in at eleven oh five. Yeah, um, if it bothers well, you, I've got. There's about fifty combined years of media experience here and hard work. So, you know, if you if you got the equipment down there in mommy's basement, have at it, big boy. 
you do whatever you feel like you need to do uh, to to create your own little little Twitter show, and you go out and do what you want to do. But uh, we will be just fine here with the things that we do I'll, pretty damn well. With that said, JC yeah, I, and Phil, I, how are you? Yeah, I'll, I want to add this because it, it's got to obviously – Technical end of things has not been kind to me this morning. Um, you know, we, we do the, what's called the scroll. That, that, that's not like we're not idiots. There's not two intros to the show. The, the first part of it, and I'll explain this, is called the the, the, sh- the scroll. And what we do, we have that. It's kind of like when you go to the movies before the previews. Like you see those ads for the realtor or whatever. And, uh, hey, be kind. Cut off your cell phone. That kind of thing. Because... We start the stream before we start, before the time of the show, so people can get in. Like, you notice Craig's in here sometimes 15 minutes early. And uh, so the scroll is just for you guys to get in. It's not, uh, you know, it's not even on like like the podcast version. We don't, we don't even have it. So I, I think you're probably confusing um, that with that. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not criticism if it's wrong. You know, that's not constructive criticism. That's that wasn't just, criticism. You that's just idiocy. You, you don't know, you, you don't know what you're watching. And, and yeah. so hopefully that explains it. I mean, Believe our me, intro that's the criticism is short. Fine. And, don't, don't, yeah, don't play I, that game. You know, we'll, we'll get but, rid but we of have to do, We have to do the scroll because um, because that's uh, that gets everybody in, everybody in the house, right? And so they don't. you, you don't just start a show because – you know, you're streaming on YouTube and YouTube just says, boom, there you go. We, we want you guys to catch the top of the show, obviously. And yeah. so that's that's why we have that little intro. But I, I'm sure with someone that's, uh, you know, but yeah, but no, it's, it's long, whatever. It's not wrong. Yeah, it is because you don't know what it is. You're calling the whole damn thing an intro. Okay. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to go back and forth with you just about this. Watch because I've, show. Never, I've never even seen you in our chat box before. I have no idea who you are. So you may be coming at it from a different, uh, like, with an agenda, which sucks too. But uh, I, I, I'm just explaining to, to you. Something else. Our intro is about like as it, long as, yeah, our intro is, what, 25, 30 seconds, something like that. Uh, but if you're, I understand if you're confusing the scroll with the intro, you're like, man, that is long. But it's not, that's not what that is. So just so you know, you're confusing the two. I would hope, I would hope. But, uh, you know, whatever. That's the first time anybody's ever complained about it because they understand the, the difference. But I would understand if you were a new listener, why, you know, why, why the hell do you do both those things? Well, it, it's to get everybody in. That's just like pre-show music, right? You, you know, you go uh, you go to a concert. They're whether they're playing music before they get on, so something like that. So that's uh, that's, uh, just, that's the deal if, with it. If there's something I'm watching or listening to that I don't like it, I just don't watch and listen to it. I don't tell them they need to change it for me. So, yeah. All right, he's going. Yeah. Listen, just, listen, Savage. Just, just get him. The fact you just responded with "y'all sound butthurt," you're not listening to what I'm saying, guys. Look, you know, give your mom, give hey, your mom her rent. Okay, don't be late. And just that's that's, yeah, that's but, enough. Okay, but that that's good stuff for people right. to know, just, though, because uh, I'm sure Google I'm sure people. His, uh, that, well, I was going to say I just googled his handle there, and the only thing I see is uh, stuff from Twitch. So. Yeah, well, why don't you load up the games again and, and, you know, go, you know, F them up, like you say, on your little Twitch TV thing here and, and enjoy your multiplayer games. So he, so know, he does live in the basement. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's not all, – all signs are pointing to, uh, you know, maybe uh, you should keep funny. your freaking mouth shut. <laughs> we, we, 
I could care less about people that want to criticize things. It's it's when you uh, you you act like uh, you know like that. Um, you know, we we guess what? We also have some control over this, so we can. Mom, the meatloaf. The meatloaf. What's she doing? Meatloaf. Yeah. Somebody said. Anyway. Yeah. Come on. Anyway. All right. So Clint has a recruiting question. Like Cameron McKell and Tony Morrell had an article on the com about him today. You know, I hate to say it like this. It's going to kind of depend on does Georgia push. Um, it could end up being like a situation like Josh Van a few <laughs> years ago. Like, you know, Van wasn't ready to commit to Georgia. He really was leading to South Carolina. So the Bulldogs had another receiver. Ended up okay for them out of out of Peach Valley in the state. They're like just as well. And that's the luxury of coaching at Georgia, especially recruiting in state. Um it's just going to kind of depend. I, uh, I think the longer it goes, the better it is for South Carolina. But uh, and that's what you want, you know. I mean, Georgia obviously is very attractive, recruiting at a high level right now. Um, they're not only winning championships; they're sending a boatload of guys to the NFL, which kids love. You know, it's Georgia. He's a Georgia kid. Uh, but you know, I think there is an opening there. Carolina's recruiting him awfully, awfully hard. Mm-hmm. So that's. Uh, that's the deal there. So that's um, that's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, Bruin says, why is everyone picking us to win six games this season? Am I missing something? Is it the dowel effect? <laughs> Bruin, what, 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 I thought I, th- I would hope that as a listener to this show, you, you understand that there's, you know, number one, there was, there was not ever a dowel effect outside of our little fiefdom fans and, 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 and myself too. Nobody outside of the program looked and goes, God, that went and looked and goes, God, that was a bad hire. Well, I, I will I will say this in de- in defense of 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 his of his question there. Not not I'm not saying that you're wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a lot of the national media still doesn't really know him or understand him. Like sure. when you talk about coaches, when you talk about uh, players, people in football, they they understand. Dowell Loggins and they understand the hire. Nobody is saying it's going to, you know, pass with flying colors. That's all TBD, and, and we understand that. But I, I do think that there are national media members in his defense um, that uh, that that they look at the name Dowell Loggins. Okay, let me put it this way: Clemson hired who? Garrett Riley, right? Garrett Riley. That's obviously uh, going to be a bigger. It's, it's a big name. We don't know how well it's going to work out, but it's a big name. So, you know, like that that's what happens during talking season, right? You look at the names, you look at the the stats, you look at all these things. Carolina's never been really a program that's gotten a lot of love in the offseason anyways. They might get some from time to time from different shows and different sports writers and things like that. But when it comes time to actually picking wins and stuff, usually people are very apprehensive to give them anything more. They kind of make them earn it, that type of thing, where every year you're going to walk in – and teams that have earned it over the years, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, and so on and so forth, generally you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Even Florida and Tennessee from time to time, you know, we walk in and go, why does everybody think Tennessee's going to win eight games? Uh, I'm not saying this season specifically. I'm just saying in the past. So I, I actually understand that question. I, I don't I don't think a lot of people know what to actually expect with some of the offseason changes. And as always, the schedule comes into play when you talk about the Gamecocks and predicting wins. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think and when you look at the schedule, but that's what I was, you know, going to bring up as a schedule is like you've got 
it's hard to not consider like three or four of these games just like true pickums, you know, either from a history standpoint. Uh, I mean, hell, the opener itself uh, is. I mean, we're gonna we're we're not gonna be favored, you know, <laughs> as a program. I think going into that game, North Carolina is no. gonna be favored. I don't think right. anybody's gonna be surprised if we win, but from a betting odds standpoint, that's probably lean UNC. Uh, you haven't beat Missouri, and I can only remember when. So you got to throw <laughs> yeah. that into the toss-up category, regardless of what your team looks like stacked up against theirs. Uh, you lost to Florida thirty-four to six last year uh, in an inexplicable offensive fart, and then yeah. you know, so I mean, there, yeah, there's I mean, three Carolina right there. Then you're playing Georgia. I, just, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It's, well, I, I think the four, I said, Phil. I think start, to your yeah. point too. I think the four road games, like you, immediately circle those as. It, it, when I'm not talking about us, I'm not talking about people who are more optimistic like I am. I'm not talking about JC, who obviously mm. does his homework and knows what he's doing, been doing it for, for 30 years. I'm not talking about you or, or the large majority of our fan base, the large majority of the 66,000-plus people that watch and listen to us every day. But to his point, Bruin, and we got to get his name, even if he doesn't want to say it publicly, maybe you can send us a message so we know your name. Because I do I, – he, he, he's got a point. When when you when you look at it nationally, they they only go on a there's only so many Phil Steels out there, right? And and so they look at it from a um, a little bit apprehensive, you know. They look at it and they go, okay, well they've never won at A and I don't care that they beat them last year. That was a fluke year for A and M. Okay, fine. Uh, Tennessee, they drubbed them, but they rarely win in Knoxville, and they got to go to Knoxville, and it's hard to beat the balls in Knoxville. That's always a a glance at it, piece of paper type pick. Nobody beats Georgia and Georgia. And South Carolina, as you just pointed out, Phil, feels like he's never beaten Missouri. They have, but it feels like they never have. Yeah. And then you've got all these other things going on, the neutral site with North Carolina. You got Clemson and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I, I get it when national folks look at Carolina, they look at the schedule, they look at a new OC, and they look at all these things. A lot of folks still don't really know what to think of. Spencer Rattler, regardless of how he finished the year, they look at the names that transferred out and not the names that transferred in, and then they immediately settle on that six or six-and-a-half number. I personally am okay with it, I, I would, and I'm sure Shane Beamer actually is too behind the scenes. So um, I get it. I understand it. Yeah. I do too. I just uh... – you know, like like with the Dowell Loggins thing specifically, the the problem is is you had a fan base that completely revolted for two weeks about it. That was embarrassing. Um, and then like this misinformation about S- like SEC Mike, who we love and respect and care about and appreciate, he said Beamer just settled that was not true. Uh, right. And so, I you know I I said from the start with Dowell Loggins, and I've said Mr. it: the Tim's. more I hear about him, the better I like him. <laughs> the more I hear about it from inside the program, the better I like it. Me but too. Agreed. It's, uh, you know, but I've, I've never seen him call a play. So I, I felt, you know. Well, we've seen him call was, plays. We just, yeah, in the, we in just didn't know it was him. him. <laughs> no, I'm talking was, about the NFL. I in the NFL, yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah. NFL is a different, same sport, different game. But I, I you know, I – I, I, you know, I, I, I said, I said at the time, it's an unknown hire. It's not a bad hire, right? I mean, a bad hire to me is a guy. You know, you go like I. So I know, hey, I know, do, do this. I know Nick loves Kevin Steele. 
Hey. But if he's really giving the defense over to Kevin Steele, that's a bad hire because Kevin Steele has had a few years of being a good defensive coordinator on his own, you know, and I, I think Saban's taking the defense back over, but, and they're kind of on the same page, but you know, I, I never thought Kevin Steele was a, I, I would never go, oh, that's a home run hire. You know what I'm saying? JC, so, you, so that, you, that's me. you've been a part in and out of national media for the large majority of your professional sure. career, right? With, with rivals and 24 seven and ESPN and so on and so forth. Okay. So you know how their minds work. In the offseason, Clemson hires Dowell Logan, South Carolina hires Garrett Riley. What's everybody saying? Same thing. Clemson made the better hire, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I, it's a bigger I think name. It's, I think it's. Oh, you think I think, oh. I think oh, the, the narrative is flipped. I, I think the narrative is yeah. flipped. I think I think that they're looking at it uh, at Dabo Sweeney and saying, okay, well, last year was a chink in the armor. Look how they finished. Now they've hired this another OC who's never proven it. They just got rid of one. Now they've hired another one that's never proven it. South Carolina hired the best OC in the country. They're on the up and up. So that's the narrative. That's, that's oh, what these guys are. I understand that. I'm just, you see what I'm saying? That's why the, but I, I think the narrative is very overstated. And I think that uh, as far as the fans go here, um, you know, I I think you know, Craig mentions uh, he wanted to, a big name or proven OC. The word proven around here is poison. Because far too often, and I understand it because of the history of the program, there hasn't been a ton of unproven coaches come in here uh, as head coaches and do well. And these days we treat the running backs coach like he's the damn head coach. I mean, it's, it's important, right? It used to not be that important. Now it's important, really important. And so I understand that, but look, at some point, this program in all sports has to go get their own guy, and that guy has to have success here. You know, you can't just go off of what happened somewhere else. And I I think it's a bad problem at South Carolina in general. You know, everybody's wanting the big name that's done something somewhere else. Uh, Why? Is Is it like the guarantee on the box and Tommy Boy? Is it calling to you at night? Is it giving you comfort? You know, I, I look, I love big name hires just as much as the next person. If they're legit, if they're just a name, no. And look, I'll say this, I and I say this knowing, you guys know I know what a disaster Marcus Satterfield was, okay? You never but everybody that. makes a bad hire every now and then. The, the idea is oh, that you boy. fix it, right? Uh, Steve Spurrier fixed it. His first D coordinator lasted six games at Carolina, <laughs> and he got demoted. <laughs> The next thing you know, uh, Tyrone next, you know, g- hey, go. why don't you go take the old Miss job, okay? The next guy lasted 30 days, Brian Van Gorder. And Carolina dodged a bullet. Raise your hand if you were more excited about Ellis Johnson coming back than Brian Van Gorder. Mm-hmm. Right at the time, Van Gorder was like, man, he was dominant at Georgia, just got done with the NFL, was linebacker's coach. He was the man. Ellis was kind of a journeyman. Oh, he was a high school coach in the state. Who ended up being the better coordinator? Mm-hmm. You know, things just work out that way. And I think South Carolina in general, if you look beyond the head coach, look at the Steve Spurrier era. His best staff w- w- had no names on it. G.A. Mangus was not a name. Jay Graham, the only thing you knew about him is he played at Tennessee. He came from Miami of Ohio. Uh, Ellis Johnson, I just explained that. You know, Lorenzo Ward, pretty good rep as a DB's coach, but kind of a journeyman. You know, uh, all those – Eric Wolford, who had heard of him? He's at Illinois. 
when he came in. Sean Elliott, people raised holy hell that they went and got the App State offensive line coach. Look at what he did during that run. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes in this sport and in sports in general, it's better to get your own guy. You know, and, I, and I'll bring up the Florida Gators, the guys that have won national championships there in three major men's sports. Uh, and I'll, I will discount the Urban Meyer era right now because it was already built when he got there. Who got there? Well, he hired the Duke coach, Duke head coach, who just happened to be an alum. He put his own stamp on that program and away they went. Uh, they hired Billy Donovan, who was at Marshall. I hadn't even heard from Billy Donovan since I watched Providence and Rick Pitino go to the Final Four in 87. Who saw that coming? Because at the time, Carolina basketball was rolling, right? Billy comes in there and makes his own way. Kevin O'Sullivan was the pitching coach at Clemson before they hired him. Uh, it, you know, Kirby Smart was an assistant at Alabama. Look at what he's doing. Most programs that ascend, Dabo Sweeney, you know, unless they're just absolute blue bloods, ascend by kind of going, you know, saving tree. It's nice and all, eh, you know, this coach has a big rep, but, eh, you know, uh, they zig instead of zagging and it works out. You know, it doesn't always work out. Brad Scott didn't work out, right? Will Muschamp didn't work out. Those were gutsy, gutsy hires. Well, I mean, hires. The, the but, brief uh, is in the two coaches yeah. right now. I mean, Dabo <laughs> was way outside of the box. like Way outside of the box. Yeah. Way. Clemson. And I'll remind everyone, Clemson has won three national championships in its history, right? They, uh, they, the, both those, all those national championships were run by two coaches. Neither one had ever been a coordinator. Both were internal promotions because the previous guy either got fired or left. Meanwhile, they've also hired Ken Hatfield, who had it rolling in Arkansas. He lasted, what, three years? Tommy Bowden was on every, top of everyone's list. Had Tommy Bowden wanted to come to South Carolina instead of Lou Holtz, Mike McGee would have hired Tommy Bowden. He was that hot of a coach. Yeah, yeah. And sure how did was. things work there? So, look, it just, you know, I just encourage everybody to just get off this whole, like, we need a name kind of thing. Now, like, for the, at some point, you do need a name. I think if Lamont Paris doesn't work out in men's basketball, you need to go back to the name. Go get a name. Go get a proven guy. But different programs are at different spots. You know, if baseball didn't work out with Kingston, well, go get a name. Because that program, at some point, yeah, you make what's called a caged animal hire. But most of the time, those caged animal hires are few and far between. And you need to go get your guy, get behind your guy, and let him roll with it. You know, well, you and, and I think what? that's exactly what Shane did with the Dowell Loggins hire. He didn't interview anybody else. No, and, and, and let's not. Let's we not. know a lot of lie about him chasing Garrett Riley. We know that's a lie. Yeah, so. and, and let's not let's not distort the conversation either. The initial question was, why are they being picked to win just six games or six and a half games, and 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 not not necessarily whether Shane internally like whether this fan base agrees or disagrees with with his hire. I know there's still some that that certainly will question it until they see it. That is absolutely one thousand percent fair. Um, but for the purpose of talking season, my, 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 uh, comment or advice would be it's June 7th, get ready for two and a half months of six, six and a half win type predictions. You have somebody here and there that maybe bumps them up a half a win or, yeah. or, or to seven and a half, but there's going to be a lot of, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
And I'd still be surprised if they weren't they weren't picked third in the East by Tennessee and Georgia. I mean that, that at media days, I kind of think that's that's where they'll end up. Just because there as many questions as the Gamecocks have, Missouri's got questions, Tennessee's got questions. I do agree with SEC Mike for the second straight year. He thinks Missouri may be better than people think. I do think they have some pretty good transfers. That if they play up to their potential, yeah. if they can find a quarterback, they'll be better than people think. Xavier mentioned Mike Bobo. I'll say this, man. Bobo didn't have a quarterback and he had one receiver. I thought he did a fantastic job that year because, yeah. you know, you got to have players. <laughs> oh, I did. If you too. don't have dudes, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to really struggle. I mean, Steve Spurrier's first offense at South Carolina in 05. I mean, how many times at 14 to 10, 13 to 9, 16 to 15 type games the Gamecocks played that year? Um, so I thought Mike Bobo did a fantastic job. You know, if, if fans should have any criticism of him at all, it should probably be like how he left. Yeah, because that, exactly. I understand why people got mad about that. But anyway. Well, to Xavier's well, point, too, I, I, I actually don't disagree with that. I, I remember being in the season, and that we got to remember everything that happened that year. That was a very difficult year uh, yeah. with what everybody had gone through with the summer stuff, the COVID stuff. And then, and I remember being less than impressed early on, but as the season went along in utilizing contacts, JC, much like you did, we started to discover that they literally had nothing on offense, nothing. And, and he knew that he knew he had guys up front who could play and he knew he had a running back that he really liked and that's all they could do. And, um, and so it took some learning on the job, so to speak, to really appreciate it. And then as time went along and you find out more and more and more that was going on in that program, whoo, boy, did I appreciate what he actually was able to put together. They just couldn't stop anybody on defense. And um, and offensively, they did the most that they could. With and they had a ton of NFL guys on that defense, too. So that was yeah, that was weird. That was a weird year for everybody. But, yeah, I mean, you know, basically you had, you know, Colin Hill, who was, you know, there were some days he was okay and some days he was awful. Um, and and he got he got awful pretty quick after that Auburn game. You had mm-hmm. one receiver in Shy Smith. You had Nick Muse, Xavier Leggett was a was a the number two receiver. So Xavier Leggett was the number two receiver on that team. Uh, and I'll never forget this. This is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Xavier Leggett all of a sudden stops playing, and I thought it was just because well maybe he's just not ready or not that good because he's still young, whatever. But Bobo gets the job, interim coach. Oh yeah, we love Xavier, but unfortunately, he's been injured since the Vanderbilt game and out for the year. Since like yeah. game two, yeah. But you have just never <laughs> talked about it, dude. I mean, yeah. so uh, anyway, I, I I think uh, and John Mitchell is important for the game cast to show consistency this year, and I, and I think so. I think that that's sure. kind of what I'm looking Agreed. at. Because here's the bottom line, folks: South Carolina went eight and four in the regular season. Three of their losses in the conference were two teams that finished six and six, six and six, six and six. Two of those finished six and seven. Arkansas, thanks to Kansas completely collapsing on defense, finished seven and six. Yeah. Okay. Gamecocks were obviously better than a 500 team uh, when you look at the whole body of work. You can't lose those games, but I have a feeling why they lost a lot of those games, you know, and I, and I think that a lot of those things will be cleaned up this year. Now they did lose some people. So, uh, you know, personnel players, you know, so the, the players are, that's a question, but, uh, 
you know, South Carolina, you know, you, you think about those three games, and in hindsight, it's always 2020. But you think about those three games, guys. South Carolina wins those three games. They finish 11 and 1 and 7 and 1 and go to the college football playoff. Yeah. So they were three wins away from three very average as grits SEC football teams uh, from going to the playoff. So, yeah, consistency is important. You got Beamer's got to clean that up. Uh, 2021 was a bit inconsistent if you think about it. Um, so that is a good next step. You're absolutely right there, John. No doubt. No doubt about it. You, uh, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then you got to beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. And that's how you get good in this sport. So hopefully they can do that this year, uh, in 2023. We do need to step aside for a timeout. It is 1130, halfway through our number one. Uh, we are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas. They probably wouldn't welcome that mom's basement guy that was in here a little earlier, but maybe. If he's if he can borrow mom's credit card to pay for his membership, travelingcountryclub.com, 45 golf courses in the Carolinas from the mountains to the sea. I promise you, I promise you, you will be thrilled. Like Craig, I know you're a golfer. Craig, have you joined yet? What are you doing with your life? Travelingcountryclub.com. Don't forget the plunder on Polly's coming up next month up in Polly's Island. There are 36 teams right now uh, that are registered for that. And uh, they can still take on a few more. So, travelingcountryclub.com. Time out inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barn Dough Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Dough Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you in the first hour by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for your upstate residential real estate needs. And guys, you know. I've got, if, I got a, uh, first of all. Oh, I was just going to say, not to commandeer the show real quick, though. Let me let me wish my wife a happy 20th anniversary. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I was just, that just about to say, hey, Phil, don't you have something to tell us? Yeah, there you go. See, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. good Lord. Mm-hmm. 20 Look, years. Man. 20 freaking years, man. Is that what happened to all the hair in your head? Is that what happened? See, 20 years of marriage. No, man. I was losing it before then. <laughs> don't even have to shave it anymore. Congratulations. I remember that day, actually. That's awesome. That's uh, I remember that day well. And uh, yeah. Carolina was in a super regional that day against um, it was 03, so it was when they won and came back and played North Carolina, North Carolina, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. in the super two close, really close games. And I remember after the wedding, catching between the wedding and the rehearsal, catching the, the game on the um, on the old radio, Mike Morgan, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Pretty good. I remember Pretty good, that yeah. day was a beautiful ceremony and a wonderful reception at a very nice place in Greenville. And uh, Phil, I got right. lost on me today was the seventh, bud, because uh, the the twenty eighth right. isn't that special of a day for me anymore. No you worries. Know, I, I, yeah. I remember we, we, we our, our anniversaries <laughs> right. used to be close, but uh, that's right. Three weeks to so the day and, we got married. Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just JC the fact that you don't. Uh, you don't remember Phil's anniversary every year is kind of phony. I mean, it's what kind of friend are you? I mean, I remember every one of my friend's anniversaries. I barely remember my own anniversary every year, let alone my friends. You know, like, really? My buddies are like, yeah, that's our anniversary. Well, okay, cool. Enjoy. 20. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. 20 years people will wish number. you a happy anniversary, and then somebody yeah. will apologize after the fact. I didn't – I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm like, why would you freaking remember my anniversary? Yeah, Let's exactly. Dude, we forgot your okay, birthday. Yeah. We, we uh-huh. forgot your birthday. I mean, oh, I had yeah. it written down. I was uh, ready to roll, and then we just compl- – <laughs> I told Jamie, just completely forgotten. And no, brewing – uh, Bruin, no. Uh, yet once again, that the the mystery guy is not Jordan Birch. That's a separate <laughs> entity. No, right. yeah. it's a separate situation. So <laughs> that's right. Um, we'll see. Let's see. Um, uh, by the way, we got plenty on baseball uh, coming today, tomorrow, and we we are well aware of what's coming up on uh, on Friday night. I uh, I did want to hit on a couple little 
football things here that are in the Nanosports chat box. And uh, please continue to fill it up. Nice to see all of you as it as it always is. And by the way, uh, hats off to the thousands of you that watch and listen to this program after live programming, because I know a lot of you are doing other things in the afternoon. Uh, means a lot. And I uh, really do appreciate that. Jamie said the uh, sure wins are Furman, Jacksonville State, and Vandy. The must wins are North Carolina, Mississippi State, Florida, at Missouri, Kentucky. That's eight. The gravy wins, of course, I think y'all can figure out who the rest are, A&M. Clemson, Tennessee, and probable loss is uh, Georgia. Um, I, Jamie, I disagree with you. I think they're all sure wins. I think this will be the first undefeated uh, season in the history of Gamecock football, and um, and they will win every game by at least uh, forty points. So, there's certain million. ones with the schedule change upcoming here in 2024 that I just want I I want desperately because you don't know you know you're not going to be able to play them consistently again. Missouri being at the top of that list. And the Florida game, we have got to get some <laughs> revenge. That's the one that, game I've got weird... circled for revenge, you know? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> that that I, game was such a cluster, man. I mean, I mean really, it, it just asinine the way it played out. You you score one touchdown on from special teams. <laughs> I mean, hey, not, not that that surprises anybody, but, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, Phil, and you know, Phil, I, I think I, I – Remember, remember um, watching this after the game, and Shane. From time to time, you know that's that's always that y'all talk about the national media, and um, we, you know, they 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 just they know you know what Kirby Smart's cat's name is, but at South Carolina, you know, they literally only come in here with like a couple of bullet points. Well, you beat uh, Tennessee and Clemson last year. They, everybody asks Shane the same questions over and over. Um, and I remember, and still to this day, Shane always says, I told our guys after we got beat by Florida, Phil, you remember this? After we got beat at Florida, I told him we have a damn good football team. And I remember when he said that publicly, uh, I think he said in the press conference in the swamp and people were like, not sure that he's watching the, the same football team that we got done watching because they're awful. And then they turn, they come back and they hang 60, 63 on Tennessee and then 31 on Clemson. And people are going, well, you know, well, maybe he was right. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they do have a, have a good, they did just have a bad day. You know, um, <laughs> it's amazing that some of these coaches actually know more than, you know, the fans and the, the media and things like that. You'd think that they're around their team every day. But I remember that moment when he said, this is a really good football team. We had a bad day. Yeah. And, and you know, just inexplicably. And, and now you need to, you know, take it back this year and go have a good day against them. Yeah. Because well, you don't know when you're going to play. It'll be another two years potentially to play them again. You know, it's like all of these traditional, uh, we'll get them next year opportunities are not going to be there moving forward. Well, and I well, wonder too, like after that game, like how much JC, like, Put yourself in Shane's shoes for a second. Did he, and if he did, how badly did he want to stand up there and say, guys, we looked like crap today because my offensive coordinator is in the toilet. That's why. But yeah. he couldn't do it. You know, I don't, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Well, Florida oh, Missouri. Speak that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and say mm-hmm. but, but Florida and Missouri. So, so number one here, here here's the bottom line. Uh, I'm not going to. 
I can hang this on. Uh, I'm gonna hang it on Mark Satterfield a little bit, but South Carolina's got to play better on defense this year. I, I'm just gonna be honest. Um, I think that they have to. Obviously, there's the, the stopping the run part of it. Uh, very, very few times this year were they able to do it, or last year were they able to do it uh, against Kentucky? That was probably one of their better games. Um, a lot of it, to me, has to do with uh, you know not necessarily co- you know coaching's part of it, but it's also speed on defensive team speed. They need to continue to work on that, especially among with the front seven. Um, I also think that the defensive staff needs to start making adjustments before halftime. Because if you think about it, South Carolina was significantly better in most games, not all, in the second half stopping the run than the first, especially when teams were gutting them. I mean, Florida gutted the you-know-what out of the first half down in Gainesville. Florida didn't go all that far second half. Uh, Same with Missouri. South Carolina kind of pretty much shut them down. But you can't depend on turnovers all the time. Uh, And this, you know, bless – Bless them. They, I mean, you know, you don't think going from 2021 to 2022, well, they got a lot of turnovers in 21. 2022, uh, maybe the, the ball bounces the other way. It didn't, you know, as the year went on. South Carolina was good again at forcing turnovers and really uh, really did a great job. I mean, two pick sixes in the bowl game or you're not even in it. But um, I, uh, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, there's some things to clean up on that side of the ball. And when you look at the schedule this year, they play a lot of really good offenses. You know, they, they're going up, especially first first month of the season. So I think that needs to happen. I think number two, as it relates to Marcus Satterfield, his problem was he reinvented the – this is fundamental, and Jamie's heard it. He reinvented the wheel – tried to reinvent the wheel every week, okay? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and to all of us, like, like okay, yeah. so, so there's a difference between, like, you go back and the look at Steve The reason why his Spurrier. wife has blocked everybody on Twitter. Yeah, you go back and look at Steve Spurrier at Carolina. His offense week to week always looked different. Like, formationally, that's why he got so mad when somebody was taping his scrimmage because he, 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 he reps all those plays – like, like, you know, 17 plays out of, a, you know, 50 different formations. And, and so the defense aligns a certain way based on formation and motion. He uses motion and all that. And it's very hard to stop when he's sitting there dialing up the same plays he's called over and over again. Marcus Satterfield would literally, like, reinvent the playbook. In other words, Spurrier, it may be, it may be steamers out of five wide or steamers out of, uh, you know, 11 personnel or steamers with three tight ends or used that before, you know, but it's still steamers. Uh, you know, Satterfield, was like, oh, no, it's completely different personnel grouping, completely different formation. It was overwhelming. And and when he laid back and, and kind of let it rip against Vandy, you thought, hey, I think, and I said this, Jamie said it too, going into Florida, well, they, they kind of run offense like they did against Vandy. They're on something. He didn't. He reverted back in in the last two games of the season. He wasn't allowed to revert back. Uh, And I think it's sad when, and this is why he didn't do a good job. Because when I'm sitting here pointing this out, when Jamie's pointing it out, when fans are pointing it out, and every other coach, player, you name it in the program knows it, then it's true. (laughs) And it's obvious. And, and, and that was it. So uh, it was, uh, it was tough. So I, uh, I think uh, I, I think a day's right. I, I think defensively, there's work to be done from the coaching standpoint as far as adjusting earlier, getting off to better starts. Uh, and I think offensively, you know, 
if the offense is not good this year, it won't be for the same reasons. Now, I'm not I'm not saying Dowell Loggins good, bad, or indifferent, but it won't be for the reasons like last year where the kids were just ma- the last two where they're just massively confused. I mean, over and over, and then, you know, and then he had no concept of if you can't line up and run the ball on somebody, how to work around that until the Tennessee and Clemson game. You know, Carolina didn't – they rushed for, what, 126 against Tennessee. That's respectable, uh, especially considering Tennessee sells out to stop the run with their defense. Um, and then they went about 55 against Clemson, uh, less than that against Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame, it became a problem. But, you know, good offensive coordinators aren't necessarily these guys that go in there with this great grand plan and, you know, you can't stop it or whatever. Uh, you know, Steve Spurrier included. They, uh, they're ones that can adjust to go, okay. They, and they counter you like, Oh, what, what are they doing? Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. Um, I mean, I, I, the, 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 the start, the, the biggest warning sign to me was Clemson 2021 when they went out there against Auburn and were able to run it pretty well against uh Derek Mason's defense, which every other school in the country was able to do. And then they're facing Brent Venables and their big plan or Satterfield's big plan. Let's just do what we did against Auburn. You don't think Brent sat there and watched that film? And you don't think Brent's a completely different style of defense, too. He's going to send people, to, he's going to blitz the run over and over and over. You have to know that. You know, and I don't give a crap if he liked Jason Brown or not. That was his quarterback. You design a play, you design a game plan around him. So, anyway, that, that's my thing right there. I'm real fired up today because I deleted my link to get in here this morning. Uh, <laughs> And my headphones are running out of batteries. And, uh, just, and our pets, uh, and our pets' heads are and falling. Our pets' off. heads are falling off. Pets heads go. are falling oh, off. Yeah. Okay, kill him. All right, we do have to kill this segment though because it's time for a break. Eleven forty-eight. A really interesting question posed in the Nana Sports chat box a few minutes ago. I think all three of us have a response to that. We'll give those to you. When we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um. Thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. 
Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hold on, we just got a message. Oh, yeah. That was me. That was just okay. program, programming <laughs> stuff. I've, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, just programming stuff. Uh, Is the question, question you're looking at the trade-off From question? Kevin, yeah. I'm trying to find but, it. Oh my god, that's a good. Yeah, it's a. It's, uh, it's a decent question, but oh, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta. Because there's there's a lot of ways around this, and you're starting to see folks getting creative mm-hmm. with it. So Kevin's question is, I've got a po- well question, uh, Kevin. You're you're spelling like a Georgia fan, but I I understand what you're saying here. I've got a poll question for you. Would you trade one SEC football win in the fall for two wins on the diamond this weekend? First of all, let me just answer the question to be fair instead of trying to be complicated. 100%. No doubt in my mind. If I could pick the win, I'll cough up the one at A&M. Whatever. That's fine. I hate Georgia too much to ever cough that up. I don't care how good they are. And we know the rest. We've already talked to it to death. Um, but if you want to add context to it, like everybody was saying, is that the difference? People are saying seven and four, eight and three. I think you might have a different response if you said that one win's going to get you to bowl eligibility or that one win's going to win you the SEC East or something like that. So there's a lot of ways you could take it. But the just the question itself on its face, yes. To go to Omaha, absolutely. So Kevin, I was, just picking, I was just picking on you, by the way. It depends on, on the uh, – I guess, yeah, it really does depend on the opponent. <laughs> That's how I would frame it. Either that well, I or think it, in the situation. You know, and this, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is two wins to go to Omaha. I think it should be phrased more along the lines of, would you give up a win to, go, to win the SEC East – Versus yeah. two wins this weekend to go to Omaha. Now, that's a question. I think everybody's yeah. going to take football, probably. Uh, yeah, I think we'd probably say SEC East. I think I would, too. Especially being the last year of the East-West setup. Or, you know, would you forfeit there. <laughs> you, you win the East, Phil, but you forfeit a – do, we need to get JC some help because he's having a rough time today. Um, uh, oh, we, he switched. Yeah, okay. Do we, I had to do plug you, him in again. Do you forfeit a win – over Clemson in lieu of winning two this weekend to go to Omaha. Oh, boys, yeah. I'm going to have to dissent. I'm gonna... <laughs> I don't know, man, because right. here's the thing. like, It's tough. Baseball feels so good right now. It's making me feel so good right now, and it's been so long since we felt so good watching baseball like this. You know, it's like, man, I'm just so happy it's back. And, you know, 
Vegas thinks we're only going to win six games this year, so <laughs> so be it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen these recruiting I, classes we're stacking up here? <laughs> hey, we're going to come back. We're coming back. <laughs> yeah, I SEC football so good. <laughs> I, man, oh, I know it, it, it's tough for me, but I'm going to descend and go with no. Every <laughs> SEC football loss is costly. That's right. Um, you look through the history of the program. <laughs> How many years? Oh, if they had just beat this team or that just one beat game, that team. yeah. yeah if they that just game. done this. I just went through a scenario where South Carolina's in the Dagum playoff last year. If they'd have beaten three average teams, <laughs> they're all costly. I love this baseball program. I will not be happy when this 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 ride ends. Uh, this is the first year in a long time where I'm like really, you know, familiar with all the players. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like Randy Quaid from Major League 2 at the end <laughs> uh, where, where he gets excited again. Uh, I I understand this baseball program does need to get back to Omaha sooner rather than later. But those football wins can just, I mean, you just, you, you just think about, I mean, if it's an SEC game, I mean, which one do you want to give up? Because they all they all are big. You want to give up Vandy? Sure. I don't want. To, I don't particularly want to see that streak come to an end. Yeah, you? just Vandy. They'll beat them yeah. another fourteen after that one. You know, oh, but you're, I uh, you're going to lose once every thirty I, years, Jesse. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you think about this too. You know, I'll take it back to 2019. Yes, it sucked bad to lose to North Carolina and App State that year, and that's what caused them to go four and eight. But to me, the embarrassing one, the the the, the really bad one was at Missouri. You know, Carolina beaten Missouri pretty good every time they played them. That was not a great Missouri team, despite the national media thinking Kelly Bryant somehow was going to win a national championship there. Uh, Carolina throws a hundred yard pick six. Bill and I actually were at a fall wedding that day, which made it uh, yeah. suck worse. Um, and I, uh, you know, you, you just look at that. So the other loss that year that they, they killed in Florida. I mean, you had Florida on the ropes. You had a terrible call. You're about to beat two top ten teams back to back. I mean, they're just so valuable. I, I just – I'd have a hard time – and baseball will always be back. I mean, I, this program has been, despite the last 10 years, being, okay, well, they go to the Super 60% of the time instead of 90 or 80. This is a program that's on solid. And football wins are just – in the SEC are just so, so valuable. I know that's probably not a popular opinion, but that I, I probably wouldn't trade any of the eight for uh, – for this this weekend. And and I say that being honest and saying that I will be emotional when this team, this baseball team ends its season. Uh, hopefully that's in Omaha. Yeah. Here's the good, good news. Really, it, yeah. it was mm-hmm. just a run of the mill question. It really doesn't matter. Oh, I know. It's fun to discuss. It's fun. to. definitely a thought provoking thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it always, it's such an easy thing to ask questions like this until you bring context to the question, because in the college football expanded playoff era, one sec loss might not cost you anything. Actually it might help you in some instances. When you look at it down the road, as Kirby smart pointed out, wait a second, you don't have to win the sec championship. Matter of fact, you could go to the SEC championship and lose and not be in the playoff versus not playing in it and be in the playoff uh, at some point in time here in the future. There's a possibility that that doesn't happen. Um, 
So, oh, uh, it's going to yeah, be we, interesting to see how these guys are talking at the end of that, uh, at the end of the next, at the end of 2024 season. The ones that are all like, strength the schedule, strength the schedule. You know, you're only going to play eight games as opposed to nine. So your schedule's Ooh. weak. And then you're going to end Those up with a team. There's going to be a matter. team with one weird loss there that the, that they're all going to be like, well, it was only one loss. <laughs> Well, you have to, you know, you have to yeah. be realistic about the, the committee, too. I mean, see, yeah. the media never talks about how sh- crappy the, the committee is. You know, nobody, nobody raised an objection to Notre Dame being undefeated, clearly not as good as the rest of the playoff field. They Multiple times. Clear, right. Clearly. <laughs> Anytime they're many, undefeated. Oh, they're in. Many games. Yeah. Oh, undefeated. They're, yeah. And, and that, as long as the committee has that old school mentality, wins are valuable. And they're not going to, you know, and you're about to go to one big division or non-divisional play. Well, you know, you, three losses and your losses are top three teams. They're, you know, you're not getting in over an 11-1 and one Clemson team, you know, or a 10-2 and two Clemson team for that matter, yeah. uh, even though their strength of schedule is going to be way late. <laughs> you know, until they have some metrics and stuff, uh, I just uh, – I don't think it's so um, – it is going to be interesting. And the people that sit there and cry, I mean, I read something today. Fear is driving the SEC to not expand to nine games. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's actually it's actually money, brother. It's called money. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you know. expand to nine, like, look, you've got so many games scheduled in yeah. advance right now. They've got you so sure wrapped around their finger. Yeah, exactly. It's another thing that drives me crazy sometimes about fans. Sometimes fans will, like, they, you know, they look at the schedule for this year. And, and I'm just using South Carolina as an example. Why did Beamer and Tanner schedule North Carolina? They didn't. Yeah, Steve no, Spurrier and Eric Hyman did because <laughs> it's so far in advance. So it's going to be a cluster and cost a significant amount of money for these schools to buy out some of these non-conference games, cancel them, but to, to make room for it. So why go through that right now when there's no financial upside? And that's no. all it is. That's no, all. and this is like it. This just speaks, I think, in my opinion, to the SEC and what good of a partner that you are. Because they're not, they could have flex and put that you know they can't afford right now. But they're going to give them a couple of years, in my opinion, to get their stuff together and then come back with a strong schedule. Yeah, they're uh, either way. I like you know, I don't know. I like the North Carolina matchup. I would never complain sure. about something it. like that. The only the only game that I see in the future upcoming, or you know, the one that we still, I guess, have some sort of loose obligation to is the app state visit. Yeah, uh, that's uh, they're, they're, they're yeah, going to get, get, get out of that. They, <laughs> yeah. Look, the app state folks that think they're going to show up in Boone, eh, nothing <laughs> wrong. I promise you at some point in time, that will be canceled. They will not be going to, uh, to Boone, North Carolina. And you can absolutely wave the black and gold flag you've got and say, well, it's because they're scared. Maybe. Uh, yep. That game is not worth playing. That is a tip of the cap to your program and a kick in the rear end for beating them Williams Bryce a couple of years ago. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. You're not going to get the money from us coming up there. That's for sure. Uh, so, all right, we got to go. Uh, hour one is in the books. We've got some baseball to get into. Uh, did have a, a question earlier about some eligibility, so we'll try to answer that when we return as well and tee up your questions for this weekend's Super Regional. Not sure that Coach Kingston is going to release the starting rotation today. Might be surprised, but probably won't at this point in time. But we'll, we will, we will certainly see. 
Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Code. The Barn Dominium Code.com, one of the U.S.'s best builders. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cops. Welcome back, everybody, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 12.04, second hour of the show. The first hour flew by. It's been fun. We had some great conversations today. Yeah, yeah the, no doubt. I saw the EA thing pop up in the chat box from Cam. Yeah, it's like, uh, so I used to love NCAA football. Uh, when I did get to play it, I never had a platform that supported it, but got to play it at friends' houses, and it was fun, and I think they should bring it back. But uh, I don't know. You got to figure out what, what what was the last deal they put forward. They give every player who consented five hundred dollars um, to take. It their, depending, it's on average. I mean, if you get on the cover, that's obviously more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, I mean, what? How much are you gonna? 
break them well, over and work on that. You know, former, I know EA is going to make a ton of money, but, uh, you know. Former Clemson offensive guard Justin Falsinelli um, has led the charge and told the guys not to, not to do it. It's not enough. And he's comparing it to Madden. Look, NCAA is very popular. It is. I love playing it myself. It's probably the only video game I've ever really played. But it's not as popular as Madden, and it's not as popular as the NFL. I'm sorry. There are just more people that like the NFL. Thus, the prices go up. These are professional athletes, too. They get more exposure. There's less of them. There's less professional athletes. 85 guys on the roster, you know. So they can sit there and gripe all they want. If I'm the North Texas long snapper, I'm a little pissed off because I want that five hundred dollars and want to be on the game. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. It's uh, you know, it, it, it's it's Harrison said leave it to Clemson to screw it. I don't, I don't even know this Clemson thing. I think it's just a, people that are in advocacy love to advocate, and um, and I get it, um, but uh, I, I I think you know. I would need to look at the details. I mean, are you going to pay Caleb Williams $500 to be in the game? I would think he would get a little more. But mm-hmm. on average, you know, it, it, it's the market. And, and some of these people are like screaming from the top of their lungs, fair market value over and over again. Well, then when it becomes fair market value, they're astonished that the price is low. Well, it is. NIL, if you if you stick by the letter of the law, and you take gameplay out of it and just go with marketability and value. NIL deals for college sports, athletes are really, I mean, if you just went by the value, they're not, I mean, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's pocket money. Which is, I thought that's what we wanted. Cause I thought, I thought these guys, you know, couldn't afford a pizza and couldn't afford to go on a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we were sold a very sad tale. Yeah, you know, I mean, guys so, would turn around and start demanding, you know, six figures to come to your school. Assassin, <laughs> that's a hell yeah. of a damn date. Yeah. Oh yeah, California's trying to sign a law where all athletes get twenty five per year per player, whether it's a revenue sport or not. That's called yeah, good luck. I don't even want to get into that right now. We may have some left-wingers out there that wouldn't appreciate what I had to say about that, but are far left. I'm sorry, not not your normal run-of-the-mill Democrats, but uh, the far left, you know, everybody should get everybody else's money, I guess, and uh, California's got a lot to pay for. Uh, so who knows? But um, it's – uh, yeah. I, for one, by the way, am, am in favor of also bringing back the one year that they did the college baseball game. Just so everybody's aware of that was awesome. Yeah, I was that a big was fan fun. of that. We used that to, too. that was. Yeah, we used to play like as each other. No, I made I made smoke one time, and smoke and I were playing against each other in college. It, I was like, "You want to play? Yeah, I'll play. I'll play." He didn't like video games, but. So he played, and he was this, like, puny little kid that I made, like, five, six, 150 pounds he couldn't hit. <laughs> and I let him be my team. He's like, that's not even me, man. I was like, I know that. <laughs> it's a video game. It says it is. <laughs> it's your avatar, <laughs> <laughs> it's your avatar, so. Well, I'd, hit 150, uh... I'd hit 150 with just a thumb. 
I was like, oh, God, here we go. All right. Uh, speaking of baseball, by the way, here's some quick history for everybody with the Super Regionals coming up. In the last 14 years in Omaha, eight SEC teams have won national championships. And of the 28 teams that have played for national championships, 16 have been out of the Southeastern Conference. And of those 16, eight different programs. Think about that for a second. Eight different programs. There's only 14 in the league. So over half the league has played for a national championship in the last 14 years. That is nuts. And of all of the teams that have been in Omaha in the last 14 years, 39 of the 112 spots have been filled by the SEC. There's 300-something teams in college baseball. One league has filled up 35% of the slots in the last 14 years. So that is some of what will be decided this weekend. We know at least two teams out of the SEC will be back in the middle oh, yeah. of America. Gar- guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, oh, oh, I'm missing. LSU, Florida I'm, I was asking who – I made a list. I was asking – I was about to ask you who I was missing. It was LSU. So Ole Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Florida, Vandy, Arkansas, Georgia, LSU, they've all played for it. Arkansas, amazingly enough, has never won the national championship in baseball. Yeah, should have. They were they super a close. Years ago. Yeah, um, and Georgia has actually played for it uh, in what oh seven oh eight. Georgia's won it. Or, Georgia Georgia's won, won it, but they, they won, they won it in ninety. Yeah, yeah. They played. Georgia started the streak. They played in oh eight. LSU won it in oh nine. Carolina won it in ten and eleven, and then the Gamecocks played for it again in twelve. Mm-hmm. And that was really that streak of. Um, SEC appearances is when it kind of began. Yeah, the Pac-12 actually is the second, as far as national championships go. The Pac-12 would be would be number two on that list. Oregon State, UCLA is one, and Arizona won it. We all know, fortunately. Um, but uh, the ACC has really struggled when they've been out there. Virginia broke through one year. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Virginia Vandy, but. Uh, They've really struggled otherwise. North those two North Carolina teams were really good. They got beat by Oregon State in back to back years. And then there was the year Fresno State beat Georgia. I'll never we'll never forget that. But um it's uh it's been interesting. Omaha's interesting and with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league, it's about to get even more uh interesting because as good as LSU and South Carolina and all these programs in the league have been in baseball. Texas is sort of a gold standard. So, yeah, I mean they've they've been there great. the most, uh, 30, 36 times. I think they've been in Omaha. I believe the Longhorns have, which is really amazing. Um, and then they've got Stanford this weekend, right? It's another one. No, I was like, was, top was, eight, in my opinion. Is that Stanford team? Yeah, Stanford's been, by the way, 17 times. Don't you love their program, Jamie? Weren't you saying that? No, No, I don't. (laughs) I I, I, uh, appreciate that West Coast style. I I can't stand why. I don't know what it is. It (laughs) it bores me to death to watch them play base. I respect the way they play, um, but it just bores me to death. I I just, I don't know. I mean, as much as I love the Super Regionals guys, like, Outside of Baton Rouge this weekend and Hattiesburg, Mississippi, there's not a lot of like what I would call elite 
college baseball atmospheres that are hosting Super Regionals. Yeah, I don't know how that wake atmosphere is. I mean, you know, I know they're hot right now, but I'm not sure. Anything is real. Is that the least talked about number one seed in college baseball history? No, no. I I mean, we haven't talked about it a lot, but there's plenty who the the national guys have given them their due. Yeah, they 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 have. Yeah, Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they and they are they are really, really good. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that. What happened to Tennessee last year is going to happen this year to Wake Forest. I, I just – I don't foresee that. I think they, they will beat Alabama and they will be in Omaha. They're just solid, man. I think I think what happened to Tennessee last year, guys, I, and, and I, I, I'm not a Tony Vitello fan. Um, don't know him personally. Certainly know people who know him personally, and they mostly don't really care for him. But I, I, I think that that team, as talented as they were and as much emotion as they were running on, uh, they were a very emotional bunch, right? I mean, ball left the yard, and they celebrated like they won the lottery, even mm-hmm. over the World Series. Um, I think that that's what bit them late. You had that Notre Dame group that came in, just kind of we're here for business, and Tennessee was living and dying on every pitch and couldn't wait to get the crowd into it and you know like it was a like it was a wrestling match <laughs> and i think that's what bit them i think that's what bit them wake isn't like that they're very business oriented they show up and play yeah i haven't heard well, very much i mean you know we're seeing very much of them like from a an outward emotional standpoint, like you don't see these guys running on the field, you know, very much. It's it's very much. It seems to me, at least from the outside looking in, like an old school kind of mentality where, you know, they're probably hype in the dugout, but beyond that, they keep it in the box. <laughs> well, I'll say this yeah. too: they they're probably one of those older teams, too, mm-hmm. right? Oh, wait, what you talking about? Wait, yeah. yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, they've got a bunch of. Well, I mean, look, a lot of these teams are generally this time of year. They all are, JC. I mean, like you, I mean, you you look at the you look at the um, you know the off the radar type programs like in poor Indiana State having to go to TCU. That that'll be a good atmosphere at Texas Christian. They do a great job over there. But you know, you talk about Oral Roberts. You talk about you know Indiana State. Um, you know, you look you look elsewhere. I mean, a lot of these other teams have kind of been here before, um, but but that's that's a lot of what you see this time of year. I mean, South Carolina's got some young guys. You're always going to have some young, talented dudes, but like these, the teams that nobody ever expects to be there, they're never groups that are just like young and talented. They're they're guys that are just older, and know how to play the game. I mean, and that's kind of what Indiana State is. That's what. Uh, Oral Roberts is. That's what Fresno was in, in Stony Brook and Coastal. Remember when Coastal won it? I mean, all those dudes were juniors and seniors. And that's what kind of happened to them. I mean, go back to when the Citadel made it to Omaha in 1990. And, you know, I I, I know Tony and Mac and Lemo really well. Um, and they'll all tell you, like, that was an older group of guys who had a coach who let them play, but you know, Chowport was very um, just play the game the right way, but he let them play, if that makes sense. 
and he he had a because he knew he could trust him, right? He had an older group of guys he knew he could trust, and like when you have that type of leadership in any sport, um, you know you got a chance. You got a chance if you got some talent, and you know how to play the game the right way. And that's kind of how the, all these dudes are. I think that's an interesting parallel between the college setup and the or the the baseball setup and the basketball setup. Because I mean, once you get it down to yeah. you know those last sixteen, Absolutely. eight, four, it's your older, more experienced teams. Typically, you know, they may have a, a a hot, talented kid on the team or two, but it's mostly the ones who are more experienced that have better success. You're exactly right. There's no doubt about it, Phil. There's no doubt, and. I mean, and South Carolina is right there. I mean, I, this is going to be a – this. generally you're able to do this. Think about all the Supers that they've played in. Um, Carolina this weekend is the team with the second most Super Regional appearances of all time. The only one that's been there more is Texas. But when you watch this series starting Friday night through Sunday, watch Florida, watch South Carolina – if you if you've got a little notebook or if you're old school or you can save it in your phone, jot down a lot of the names that you see that you think have a chance to make it to the big leagues. And then in about three years, go back and look at that list. <laughs> because you're gonna go, man, all these dudes played in a three game series to go to Omaha three years ago. I mean, King said it with us yesterday in the national media this weekend is going to be Jack Taglione, Wyatt Langford, blah, 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 blah. That's all they're going to talk about, okay? It's, they're already doing it. Now, they're going to give Ethan Petrie his due because Ethan Petrie's a freshman and he, you know, had a couple of big knocks against the big dogs earlier in the year. But, you know, when you, in three to five years, you'll be able to probably – you'll see more guys from Florida sooner. But – you're going to have a ton of big leaguers off that team. And then you got a bunch of guys in South Carolina, mostly on the pitching staff, who are probably going to have a chance. And then you got some other guys, they're going to crack into the big leagues at some point in time, you know, guys who actually are in the lineup day in and day out. Carolinas will mostly be pitchers. Like I, Will Sanders is going to have a chance. Jack Mahoney, people might not think this, but Sanders is going to have a chance to pitch in the big leagues. Jack Mahoney's going to have a chance. Noah Hall is not pitching this weekend, but he's going to have a chance. James Hicks, the guy who's going to have a chance. Like there, there's going to be a handful of more than a handful of guys between these two teams. That in three to five years, we're going to go. Wow, we saw him up. T.J. Hopkins just broke into the big league. I bet a lot of people watching T.J. Hopkins play college baseball thought he was a great college baseball player, but weren't sure he'd, sure he'd be a big leaguer. Same thing with like Grayson Griner, right? And they broke into the big leagues. So. Carolina's got a lot of those type players on their team that in a few years they're going to get their crack too. No, yeah, for sure. I'd like speaking of pitching though, it was like, what do you? The, the, I, I can, I guess, I can understand beyond just a gamesmanship mentality for not releasing a starting rotation for what's coming up in Florida. Um, but no, is there an advantage in that the fact that South Carolina legitimately has five guys that could start any of these three games, as we've seen over the back half of the season, to to not put a name out there? That way, I mean, if you are trying to prepare for a pitcher, you got you potentially have five instead of just like three. So I, I think that um, I I think that um, and Bill, Bill, you're right. Did I say did I say Texas? LSU's been LSU's yeah. Um, 
I sir, so all right. Let's go back to last. Let's go back to last week. Can't, I I don't care for Campbell a whole lot. Um, I don't. I don't. I didn't know that I didn't care for Campbell until I started hearing some of the stories last weekend from how they were kind of treating this thing. Um, that and 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 so they there was a little bit of a game to be played there. O'Sullivan and King, unless they really don't know, are gonna are they're going they're gonna give you their rotation when they do know. They're they're this is it's almost like um it's almost like, hey boys, the big the adult seat at the at the big table. You know what I mean? Like you know what I'm saying here? Like welcome to the big welcome to the big leagues, kid. Um, you know, there there is a in this league, you know, there is a sense of respect amongst all these programs. I know Arkansas does things a little bit wonky, but um, but um, when you get to this time of the year, King and Sully and those guys, they're going to tell you this is our rotation when they if they know that that's what their rotation is. They're not going to withhold it just out of gamesmanship, kind of like what Campbell was doing. Campbell didn't have any arms left, guys. They got proven yeah. on Sunday night. Carolina beat the crap out of them. So, you know, they were kind of trying to, you know, play a little game, and that game didn't work. Um, with, to your point, though, Phil, I don't know how they're going to approach this weekend, but here's what I would say. If you're if you're Coach Kingston and this staff, you, your plan is those five guys that you just mentioned, Mahoney, Hicks, Jones, Becker, Sanders, all five of them will pitch in the first two games. That's your plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's your plan. Because if all five of them pitch, and maybe you include the, uh, Chris Beach in that uh, conversation, if all five of those guys pitch, I would say chances are you're headed to Omaha. You, you've gotten a lead, and you feel like you need to go to your to your dude or one of your dudes. And if all five of those guys have pitched by the time Sunday rolls around, they're probably in the game three. It's probably over. Carolina's headed to Omaha. Um, so... I, that's your plan. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but that would be the mentality I go in there with. So, you know, if you're Coach Kingston, you probably have a pretty good idea who you're starting on Friday, and you probably have a pretty good idea who you're starting on Saturday, and Mahoney's going to be one of those guys. And then from there, Sunday's really going to be TBA based on what what happens in game one and game two. Yeah, you probably have two contingencies for whether or not you win Friday. You know, two at least yeah. kind of loose plans at that point. You know, it's like, okay, if you drop game one, then you may want to tweak what it was you were thinking a little bit because now, you know, you got to go win two in a row. So you need to set yourself yeah. up in that third game. You can't just throw the third game to the wind like Campbell. I think Campbell may have had a better experience uh, had they not lost Early well, in the regional, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, had they not, yeah. you know, gotten well, that first those kill. type of those type of teams felt like regardless of what some people in the national media were trying to tell everybody, <laughs> those type of teams, they don't have enough arms to get through. They have enough arms to get through a super, but the the, the college baseball postseason, I think, is the is the neatest postseason because. You you, you you climb up a mountain, and then you climb up a hill to get to Omaha. You, you know what I mean? Like you can you can you can get to that hill in three games, 
but only so many teams can get there in five games. Right. You know, and so, like, if you lose game one or you lose game two, teams like Campbell generally just don't have enough arms. And um, and and I would even with what was going on with the Gamecocks this year, like had no if Noah Hall was available, and Eli Jerzenbeck was available, and they lost game one or game two in a regional format. And I'm super regional now. I'm talking about a regional format where you'd have to play five. You could play up to five games. Yeah. Um. I, I okay. We've seen them do it before. I think JC mentioned it the other day. They lost to Rhode Island in 2016. and came back, won the regional. You know, we just saw what happened with Florida. They got beat, came back and won the regional, beat Texas Tech twice. Like those type teams with that deep of st- those the, the depth of those staffs can do that. But teams like Campbell generally can't. So, you know, you you get through a regional in three games, and then you get to a super regional. You, you're you're you've your pitching is totally set up different from potentially having to do four or five. And if you drop game one. Okay, he dropped game one, but you're not worried about game four. Yeah, you're just worried about game two, and then next up game three. The old, the old win today, today worry about tomorrow, tomorrow type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's like you dropped that first game in a regional, then it was like, okay, we're gonna have to win four more, or get at least three. And yeah. then right. now it's just you, you just, your whole mindset mindset gets to shift, and that it was like, okay, this weekend we got to go win a series. Mm-hmm. Yep. I th- Looking back on the the games at Founders earlier this year, keep this in mind too, guys. Eli Jones, Chris Veach, and Matt Becker all pitched really well that weekend. So did James Hicks. Mm-hmm. Yep. They all, they mm-hmm. all. I mean, uh, Becker had six strikeouts. Um, Gators got two. I think they got two off of Hicks, and then Veach closed it out. I think the last two games. We know Will Sanders pitches well against them. Um, I don't know. I like it. I like it. I like the matchup there with Carolina's pitching, uh, no matter how they structure it. Uh, you can look at it two ways. I mean, like, so, I don't know that I'm going Mahoney Friday night. They probably won't. Yeah, I don't see. think. I, mean, I don't, I don't agree I with that either. I've seen a lot of people say that. I don't. I don't agree with it. I. 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 I, I, I I'm yeah. highly doubtful of that. Yeah. I, and, I and, believe, and, uh, and to Craig's point here, you, you probably heard King on our program yesterday, but I, I would say, look, my sources would tell me that you're probably, you're probably, your hunch is probably right there that Will Sanders is going to stay in the bullpen. Yeah, I, 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 that's another thing I saw on the internet too. It was like somebody had Sanders as a game three starter. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Could. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, he could, I'm not saying that. Yeah. 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 They're not going to announce that, no. No, yeah, we're not going to hear that. And and my gut tells me it's probably going to be what we saw in game three this past weekend. Yeah, I think, I like, I honestly think, like, if you get to Friday night, guys, if you get to Friday night, let's call it best case scenario here, and maybe they start James, maybe they start Eli, I don't know. But you, you get to Friday night and you get into the seventh inning and you're up two or three runs, um, you – probably are going to go to Will Sanders. Yeah. And but you keep somebody hot. You got to have somebody hot. You know, is it Veach? Is it Becker for a matchup situation like a Caglione type thing? Like you you're 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 not emptying, you're not emptying the, the the refrigerator here, you know, you're not 
You're not emptying, emptying, throwing the kitchen sink at them. That's not what I'm saying. But you, if you're up late in the game on Friday in game one, you absolutely have your best of the best available. Like you, you use them. You got, you're not going to burn them. You have to use them. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. a matter of thinking you're going to burn them. It's just like, I mean, you got to win now. I mean, that's the mentality this weekend yeah. is we have to put out there what we can to win now. Then you get another week to, you know, everybody get fresh again. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hey, yeah. and to hope to Hope's point, Hope's, uh, Hope, Hope's got a good baseball mind. I love when she chimes in. I think you have to go Hicks game one and Mahoney game two. Um so I don't, I, I, JC, I think I know what you were going to say. Leave Jack where he's been comfortable, and I would agree with that. Number two with Hicks, Florida's hit 126 home runs this year. James Hicks, and when it's going right, he he works fast, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball, in a yard that played big last weekend. I mean, played small last weekend, but generally plays a little bit bigger. 400 to center, 380 in the gaps. So you go with a guy who just pitched in a ballpark like that in Hoover. In the SEC tournament, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think you get scared of putting Hicks out there game one because it's oh, like you know if he's yeah. keeping everything low, then you know that you've got you've got your defense back. You know that's the other side of this is that you know your your yeah. infield is back healthy again with maybe a few tweaks here and there last weekend, but nothing nothing that's preventing anybody from starting. So it was just like, yeah, I mean. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, hell, it works right this now. weekend. What's so much different now? <laughs> I think best case scenario, you, you get Hicks and then Jones and long relief, uh, and, and it works out for Hicks, like you said. And Jones is solid and long relief. Beach comes in to close it out maybe first day. And then you got Mahoney and Sanders Saturday. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, look, best case scenario is uh, James Hicks throws nine innings, 90 pitches on Friday night, and they win, you know, 12 to nothing. Yeah. That's the best case scenario, actually. We really want to be. be I just, team. yeah, you know, play a little, but, a little, uh, a little chess, chess there. I think you, you could get, if you steal game one with, with Hicks and Eli and then have Mahoney and then, because, you know, Mahoney's been pitching really, really well. And he had a good start against Florida the first time. They all did. Uh, you, you start him and you bring um, – it's about sixth inning. You're maybe cling, clinging to a one-run lead. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why Larry Munson's all of a sudden calling baseball here. but uh, <laughs> And you bring in – you bring in the gator killer, Will Sanders. Now, if it blows up in your face, you're going to have Matt Becker and Kate Austin on Sunday. Well, I mean, look, hey, look, Matt Becker's good. Uh, it, and, the other, and I know we, we got to go to break here, but one of the things yeah. that – is very important this weekend is is what what they get behind the plate. Guys like Mac, Matt Becker, guys like James Hicks, those are the guys that need an extra inch or two out there from time to time. So if you got an umpire who expands it a little bit, they're going to have a chance to be really, really good. If it's somebody who's going to be really tight, maybe makes them throw it a little bit up in the zone. Like if Hicks starts on Friday, and you know I don't think they'll get tipped off on this, but. Uh, as far as who's behind the plate Friday night. But, like, if it starts on Friday and you got a guy who calls it mostly up higher in the zone as opposed to lower in the zone, that's a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Hicks is a guy that's got to get the low strike. And um, and when he does, he's he's as good as, as, he, as anybody. I mean, he's really good. 
But when you got somebody that's not giving him the corners and is kind of making him throw it into a basket right around his belt, you know, that's that can be a problem. One or two balls leave the yard, and you're talking about a long night all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, they they can, they have the power to do that. Florida does. I mean, they're perfectly capable. Um, uh, it was interesting to discuss today on the big spur. I know we got to get a break, but I'll throw this out there. People were like, well, how can Carolina's standards be as good as Florida's, you know, and Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and, you know, the teams that have been kind of the big dogs in the league lately. Florida has not left the regional round since 2018 before this year. That's the last year South Carolina also got to a super regional. So, yeah. They, the, the, they won, the difference, won it all, they won it all the in 2017. They won it all in 2017, and then it's been out in the regional, out in the regional, out in the regional. And then, of course, the COVID year, they got, can, they got canceled. So, this is, this is kind of um, – First time in a while for the Gators, too, getting getting to this round. Now, I don't think they've ever lost a Super. Hmm. Well, under If they've been to as many O'Connell. as South Carolina has, they would have. Uh, the Gamecocks <laughs> have been to a lot more than them. A so. lot of, a lot of yeah. Supers. Right. Yeah. So, we'll see. You know, but, it's just kind of one of those things. Let's step aside for a break. It's 1235 Super Regional coverage uh, this week from the Sinorama Studios is – Powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com, where folks come from everywhere to get the coolest bikes you've ever seen, I assure you. Michelle Wilkins, Gamecock owned and operated the whole Wilkins family. Big time Gamecock fans and proud supporters of Carolina Rise, as a matter of fact. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. 
Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Cole Messina from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sinorama Columbia Studios for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Series to, you know, it's a, it's one series for your season this weekend. Yeah, you're two wins shy of Omaha. They they have finally crossed the 40-win threshold again, something that got lost a lot this weekend, by the way. Uh, Carolina, 42 wins on the year. Cam asked, did Will Sanders not have Florida's number earlier this year? Well, he was one of three starters that did. Um, yeah. All of them did that weekend. Mahoney and Becker were both uh, special as well. But just remember something, Cam, with, with Will. Um, you know, he's been a little limited from a pitch count standpoint since he's been back. So it's not like back where he was in April where you can just hump him out there for 100 pitches if you need to. They've they have to use him where they can use him at his maximum that they can maximize, if that makes sense. Um, so uh, I think they're uh, they're leaning heavily towards maybe being able to use Will Sanders twice out of the bullpen. See, that's what we'll I'm thinking, too, is that if you're fortunate, you only need him for a couple, say, game one, you know, and then if he's – I mean – could you throw Sanders in back-to-back days? You think Could, his arm is sure. good to handle that, even with depends the on, depends on pitch now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, if he comes out and throws two innings, but you know, twenty pitches, and they feel like they need him for an inning on Saturday, I'm, he'll be able to go. Yeah, yeah. If it's a, if it's that low, for sure, you can bring him back out there. Yeah, love to see him close two games. You know, just to hear yeah. that. Well, I really don't like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was wrong. Florida has gone out in the Supers in 04 to Southern Miss. Or, I'm sorry, 04 to Miami. I think Carolina put Miami out of the College World Series that year. And 09 to Southern Miss is the only time under O'Sullivan they've, they've gone out. But in the regional round, they've been upset prone before. I mean, especially down there. So... Let's not uh, let's not concede anything, gentlemen. Yeah, we'll get to the the mighty Gators. So um, South Carolina all time is six and seven in super regionals. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one and five on the road and uh, five and two at home. The one on the road, you, hopefully everybody should be able to guess which one that was. I don't think I need to say it. And the other two were Louisiana Lafayette, and then the Holbrook. Uh, Oklahoma State, 105 yep. degrees. Nobody yeah. wants to hit the ball. Nobody, nobody wanted to be there. That that atmosphere for the super regional, not 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 not, not as good as some others because it was the, those first pitch times were you know noon. It's 103 yeah. degrees in Columbia. Gamecocks used up all their runs the week before. Actually, actually, Oklahoma State was just a like they got really hot at the time and not Clemson out and then. You know, took care of business in two. But other than that, Carolina's had tremendous success in the Supers at home. And they did take uh, 
They did take those two from Coastal and, and JB, you know, that year, kind of like, look, they won a national championship that year. So I'm not predicting that type of success, obviously. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Carolina's capable of making a run. But that year, if you remember, you know, and I wrote about this today because I went through and talked about all the Florida-Carolina matchups that have meant something. Florida comes into Founders Park, takes two or three, wins the SEC. Carolina had won that series. They're probably a top eight, and they don't have to go to Coastal for the Supers. But I remember people were kind of talking because it wasn't a slump. That team just kind of at the end of the regular season, two in barbecue and Hoover, lost the Florida series. I think they lost to Kentucky, uh, maybe got swept or lost two of three up at Kentucky uh, late in that year. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a sprint to the finish, and it cost them a top eight. But, you know, I think just like this year, everybody's sort of worried. Everybody's sort of worried about going on the road to, to play Coastal and having to do the Supers on the road. And that was a team that, just like this team, sort of found itself once once the NCAA tournament started. Um, Christian Walker's hitting dingers to win the game and – uh, all that good stuff. And, and that was a really good coastal team. And I think it, it was you that told me or said on the show yesterday, uh, the best team that that team felt like they played was coastal Carolina <laughs> all year. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so I don't know, there is some precedent of a Gamecock team when the season's kind of gone like this, um, that's hit the road for the supers. That's, uh, you know, things have worked out at least that one year. I, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was very realistic that they were going to beat Arkansas in the Supers in 2018. Uh, Arkansas was just really daggum good. I don't, I don't know how realistic it was. They beat Stanford at Sunken Diamond before 3,000 passionate tree fans in 01. Uh, that Georgia team where Carolina hit the, what was it, six, five home runs in a row uh, down there, that, that, that Georgia team was really, really good that year. Um. And so, you know, this matchup I think is probably a little more favorable, uh, similar to the to the coastal matchup. And the season has sort of felt that way to this point, kind of uh, a tale of uh, being really up, really having some low points here and there, not the best finish, and then boom, uh, NCAA tournament starts, and this looks like a, a normal Gamecock team. Yeah, thank, thank God, Phil, they didn't have Twitter back in 2010. I guess they did, but nobody really knew what it was because people would have been falling apart. Oh Let's see goodness. here. Uh, when they lost that final series, like JC said, against Florida, mm-hmm. because it's it, you know it always baffles me, the people that know nothing about baseball are always the first ones to tell you everything they do know. And, um, and then they get into uh, Hoover and they lose their first two. Matter of fact, in the regional in Columbia, they beat Bucknell. And I don't know if anybody remembers this or not, but I remember it very well because I was right next to the dugout. And to this day, I still talk to Kyle Jordan about it and everybody in between. Um, the Citadel had a beat. Citadel was playing well. And Wojo was on the mound for the dogs, and they felt really good. And uh, a couple of things didn't go their way. And then Carolina got a couple of big knocks, and that's really what shifted the tide in the game. And then they ended up winning it and winning the regional. And then, you know, they uh, the the coastal stuff. They're down game two. It's a two out grand slam by Walker, 
or, you know, they would have lost that and had to go to game three, and then God only knows what happens over there in game three against, I've, I've said this, and they'll say it on record, you know, if they need to, and I think they have, you know, Coop, I mean, gosh, I've, I remember we had a conversation. I was talking to Jackie about this series um, a few years ago before a Carolina football game. And he was like, man, that Coastal team in 2010 was good. He's like, I still look back and can't believe we won that series. Um, you know, and, and, and then they get to Omaha and they lost to Oklahoma. They lost to Oklahoma. And then they – didn't lose again for 22 straight games in the postseason, which is a record that I don't think will ever be broken in college baseball. I just don't see it happening now. And um, so that was a team that battled a lot of adversity and just never quit, never gave up, and they won the World Series. And th- this team, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen this weekend. I'm not saying Carolina isn't going to go there and – give up 30 runs in two games. They might. It could happen. I don't know. But this team certainly has shown a lot of very similar characteristics. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I, I was, you know, excited to see if, you know, on Friday whether or not the team that we saw at the beginning of the year came out, and they did. And I don't see why that team shouldn't continue to do so because it was not until people started – getting injured that this team, you know, fell off from that momentum. So, I mean, keep it well, up, boys, you know. You know what? And uh, and by the way, I, I meant to answer this question, Cam. That you're talking about John Taylor. is uh, who pit- John Taylor also has a record that's probably never going to be broken at South Carolina, and the fact that he pitched in 45 games in 2011, <laughs> which was unbelievable. Um, but J.C. Uh, mentioned something yesterday. I mean, I know I've mentioned this, but J.C. actually mentioned it to Coach Kingston, and the fact that, you know, like for as many people that complain about this guy nonstop, you know, it's, there's very few that ever want to come back and, and try to scratch the, some of those complaints and maybe give a compliment or two. I don't – it is really hard when everybody is just can't wait to tear you apart and tear you down and you're losing – because you're losing games. It's really hard to block out the noise – and and stay in that cocoon. And you mentioned it, JC, yesterday to Coach King about being the leader and just continuing to make sure that they believed in themselves. And when did we have him on last, guys? Maybe a month. It was, it was uh, right before they kind of started sliding a little bit. And yeah, I think it was after the Florida sweep. Yeah, it was right after they swept Florida, right? And they had the whole week off. And And we mentioned to him then, like, you haven't been scared to tell people that you have a good baseball team. Because, like, it's not like the old Lou Holtz days where everybody's better than you, you know. Oh, we're going to have to really try hard this weekend because Furman's the best team I've ever seen in my life and yada, yada, yada. You know, and he would just run you into the dirt. You felt ever, you, ha, you have access now. Like, these players see it and hear it. They see it and hear it. And, and so it's almost like coaches have – not all of them, but a lot of them have decided to kind of turn the tide a little bit. And not only am I going to tell them that they're good in the locker room, but I'm not going to be two-faced and not say it publicly and avoid answering the question. I mean, those players, they have the, there's guys in that locker room that watch our show. There's guys in that watch locker room that listen to 107.5 The Game. There's guys in that locker room that watch the news, that read Twitter, of course. 
and this, that, and the other. So they know when their coach is speaking in a different tone from what he's speaking at practice or post-game or pre-game, right? But the one thing that, as you pointed out yesterday, yesterday, JC, he stayed very consistent in having a positive message with this group and saying, y'all, this is a good baseball team. We're going through some tough times, but we're okay, and we're going to fight through it. And I think that is a huge, huge, huge deal of to for why they are where they are right now and the fact that nobody gave in. They might have lost games, but they never stopped believing that they could be where they are with a chance to get to Omaha. Yeah, I I think that's good. You know, most good coaches are that way, if you think about it. They keep their guys, you know, they, they, they encourage their guys to, to fight through adversity. And, you know, there's the macro uh, opinion about coaches, and that has to do with standards of your program and, and are they being met and the bottom line, right? And that's that's what gets people fired is if you're not meeting the bottom line. But then there's also kind of a, a micro element to it that, you know, and this is something that when I'm evaluating coaches, I probably should pay more attention to. All right, so how did they do when they got their tail whipped? How did they respond the next game or the next week? Did, did this last? Did this – are there reasons why? You know, did they – were they able to overcome injuries to a certain extent? You know, how did this team when – you know, and I think it goes back to last year. Whittle points this out a lot. That team last year went 27 and 28. They probably had, what, three or four guys that were SEC level, and I'm not telling you anything Derek Scott didn't tell you the other day and uh, are on the broadcast. Mm. That team that team never quit. They rarely got swept. They won what 13 SEC games. I think I think JB you pointed this out too. Uh and so maybe that was kind of everybody was kind of you know not all that happy with Kingston and myself included uh, because of the macro element but the micro element there were some positive signs. I mean Obviously, last year you needed people to get back healthy, and you needed some you needed talent, you need more players. Um, and I look at I look at uh, I look at football too in, in Beamer. You know that that team this year had some games that did not play up to its potential. Period. There's no getting around that. That's got to change eventually. But they got in there and I remember getting a text from a source uh, after the Florida game. And it's like, well, we're fixed. We're trying to, we're doing our best we, we can to fix it. And I think we're going to fix it. And I was like, <laughs> you're crazy. You're insane. Yeah. No, but no, I uh, lo and behold, look at it. They did. And, and no one would ever thought about that. You know, I can't say that about men's basketball right now. Um, yeah. I, I think there are some signs, but there were also some times where, you know, the, they, they, they did come off the map, but then there were some times where they yeah, they, were, they really shouldn't have lost, and, and they were there's more there. Now, hopefully, I will be able to at some point. But uh, I, I think that's something that gets lost with Kingston. Is last year as bad as it was, and as sick to everybody's stomach as it made everybody. You know, that team kind of started that that attitude of okay, we're just we're not going to quit. We're going to keep our heads up and keep going. And I think that helped get through some of the rough times this year because they could have easily said. Here we go again, easily. No doubt. Uh, Final timeout of the afternoon. Hang tight. We'll be right back. You'll ever have on two wheels. 
Magnum, Velotra, Conventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender in MLS. LS two 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 nine L O N M L S one seven seven two one eight two. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as one hundred sixty dollars per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up, and it is gone. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Singers, boys. Can't wait, man. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Y'all have a – do you have a Friday night meet? I know J.C. is going to be probably drinking around noon, but are you going to be eating anything, J.C.? You got a Friday night meal or – Phil, what's your Friday night meal? You're not working, are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I know. No, 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 no. You're going to be sick. Listen, I got it all worked out, JB. I sit there. I got a little ledge where I can put my – and I won't even have to do that this weekend. I'm the guy that controls the TVs there, right? So I get to put on whatever I want to. So every TV will have have it on? Three of the five will, and I'll be damned to let it for anybody else to change it. That way, freaking margarita, man. That's right. Yeah, everywhere I'm looking, I'll be able to have it on, (laughs) even the one with sound. I I don't care. But now, this past weekend, Uh, since you know, we weren't on any national broadcasts, 
have my little phone set up on my ledge there. I get to just kind of like rotate it if I'm over here, over there. I got to see all. I got to watch everything. It was nice. The only thing I did get to miss was I had no ability to sync up the radio call ah. with the TV. So and then I kept it very low and didn't really listen to any of the commentary. Um, but what's funny that McGillis home run, I think it was I think it was the Campbell home run. Uh, it was it was so low I could hardly hear anything except for the sound of the ball leaving that bat. And I'm like, I just threw my hands up. I'm like, that one's gone. <laughs> I know that sound. <laughs> oh, man. Jan's headed down there. Jan, believe it or not, I was going to go, but I was gone for four days. And my wife had the children. I... I, I I'm going to have to stay here. I'm um, probably doing a, uh, yeah, Xavier, uh, the rain check packages. I've been meaning to answer. My brother's handling that. <sighs> oh, here we go, Xavier. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Uh, it's all camps. Oh, uh, I'm not blaming so. him. He and his wife are getting to it. I'll, I'll put a rush on oh, yours. Boy, but they're, they're, they're ready to go. Time. It's just, you know, these things are time consuming. So. Uh, I will. Uh, I will get it out there uh, as soon as possible. Uh, to Just you, like so a Clemson fan, not my fault. Someone else's fault. I, well, I, you know, I, I don't have the stuff here. I'd send it. Send it on out. You know? Oh wait, hear that, Xavier? They don't even have the stuff for you. It's uh, <laughs> anyway. That's, <laughs> I, I, trust me, I'm anxious for those to get in people's hands as well. So, uh, and I'm not blaming Cam. Just it's just been you know a lot of things. He had some business stuff like yeah to do to go out of town for a week and stuff and it's it's just him and me but we got it and the stuff stuff's really good i think you'll be pleased uh yeah. but those are getting sent out uh shortly in fact uh i've got uh, i've got a guy that wants one in time for his dad's birthday so i'll i'll have yours and his and and this other guy that ordered a football uh in the first batch and i was actually typing that email out right now uh so there you go Perfect, uh, and and for everybody else too. I mean, you know, oh, uh, we, so by the way, get out as our final song and dance comes on here. What what was your Friday night meal going to be, JC? For baseball, I like to do brats, um, and I, oh. I thankfully learned a little bit about how to cook them because I was put I was just putting them raw on the grill, and they'd get really charred, and then weren't very good but my buddy told me he's like now nah, you gotta boil them in beer and water and, and cracked pepper and sea salt and maybe a little butter and boil them till they're done and then you put them on the grill to seal them and char them and i, I have to say my broad game went from about d minus to about b plus and i'm getting toward a i got me some stone ground mustard and some sauerkraut for this week so uh, it's that line from field of dreams beer and a brat remember uh, james earl jones yeah. What do you, what do you mean? Beer and a brat. Beer and a brat. Beer and a brat. That's me. You gotta have a good mustard for a good brat. You do. That's a good. You're you're on it. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I got some stone and buns too, Phil. Um, you can't have crappy buns that fall apart. No, I'm a big bun true. guy. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big bun guy, and I know quickly if I go to someone's house, like for a cookout, and. They got crappy buns. I got a big problem with that. <laughs> like, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to teach people the way of the buns up here because 
For hot dogs, you have really good buns. You have the, the celery, the, the sesame seed buns. But for brats, so you got nice buns, like, huh, JC? We need nice buns. I don't know. Well, Matt, Nat, like Matt, <laughs> Nat mooned me earlier and like uh, wrote a letter that says, "Be nice to Notre Dame." So. Oh, she's got nice buns. Or what were you? I'm what are we talking about? Here? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, we um, enjoy. We got we got to learn nah. from about them because on brats too. If you have sauerkraut and stuff, it's all soggy. You don't want yeah. soggy. I no, made Brian, bad boys or on potato the grill. bun, Brian. Potato buns are good too. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy I the toast those on the grill. Potatoes good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I like a good yeah, you got to have a nice hoagie roll, you know, for that. You know, for the brat. Yeah. So that's bowl. that. You're see, Phil. You're a food we, guy. We are that's like mine, baby. That's you right. can't you can't have one of those little needle wiener. Uh, buns that the brat can't fit into, and then you put all the stuff on it, and it's falling off. You can't do all that. It's got to all fit in the bun. It's got to fit in the bun. <laughs> do you think he gets mad at us because we don't let him finish some of his stories sometimes? I think he. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I think he just like does it. I got to be on a call with him in twenty minutes, so I'm just going to call him out. I bet he has to go to the bathroom. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not. A benefit he probably is undeserving of. <laughs> Sorry we took up your time, JC. Yeah, I mean, you know, literally, I know you're you know, writing Carolina Rise emails and stuff while we're working on the show here. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> Good God, Sorry we got in the way of your whatever day, whatever you had going on up there. <laughs> well, for... The magical disappearing JC. It's a signature move, by the way, guys. You should see him pull a rabbit out of a hat. It's amazing. And on behalf of JC, Phil, of course, I'm JB. Thanks for hanging around with us today, except for that guy in his mom's basement. I wonder what he's doing now. Yeah. I put him in timeout for five minutes just as if, you know, because I figured that'd be what he was actually accustomed to. Yeah. Some people just can't get out of their own way, man. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. Continued coverage throughout the week as we get ready for the Supers in Gainesville. Stuart Lake and Derek Scott from Gainesville will join us on Friday, as a matter of fact. Look forward to it. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Get your Friday meal prep ready. See you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co.